John chapter 1 in your Bible this morning. John chapter 1. It is good to be here. Always a joy to be here at Central Baptist Church. And uh, now that we're just a little bit closer, I don't know that we come anymore, but we do get to be down here around uh, Christmas time. So I know it's Christmas time and I uh, I, boy, I had a bunch of messages lined up and they all were taught in the Sunday school hour. So, uh, you know, it's just like we're going to have to call John 1 a, a Christmas passage this morning. Amen. That's all right. It is a Christmas passage. Actually, we're going to have to call anything in the Bible a Christmas passage this morning. But uh, it's good. It talks about Jesus and it talks about what Jesus wants to do in our lives. It's good to be in the house of the Lord and I appreciate this church. And uh, Michael's all done over here. He's finished at college. He has to go into the real world. He's going to find out that's near, not near as much fun as college is. We try to say that all the time to the college students, but they never listen to us, you know. And, uh, but we do appreciate being in the ministry there. We were 36 years in the pastorate altogether. The last 26 years we were in Nebraska. And uh, we love Nebraska. We still like Nebraska. And we still love that church back there. And then God's called us. We've been an ambassador five and a half years now. And uh, we enjoy every minute of it. Uh, we get to teach and uh, be there among the students, sending people into the Lord's work. That's what it's all about. We're trying to do that. And we count that a, a privilege and a tremendous uh, opportunity from the Lord. In your Bibles this morning, if you're there with me, John chapter 1. You follow with me as I read. John chapter 1, we're going to start reading in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but that but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This morning I want to talk to you about Jesus, our great example. Jesus our great example. We come to Christmas time, and Christmas means a lot of things to different people. We understand that uh, around the world. Uh, we understand for a lot of people, Christmas is all about family. I understand that. That's a great thing, isn't it? We get to spend some time with our family at uh, Christmas time. Uh, Christmas uh, for business people probably means more money, sales, and things like that. But this passage is talking specifically about Jesus. And what Jesus means to us. And Jesus should be, for those of us who know the Lord Jesus Christ, should be our great example of how to live 
and what to do. The Bible says in the beginning, John chapter one, verse one, it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That word word is talking about Jesus, who Jesus is. Genesis one, one in the beginning, God is God, the father, God, the son and God, the spirit. And here in John chapter one, we have Jesus was in the beginning and we have that great coming to this earth of the Lord Jesus Christ, the taking upon him of human flesh, not setting aside his deity, but taking upon himself human flesh. It's almost hard to express it in terms. A lot of people have tried over the years and we understand it. But the truth is we have Jesus, the son of God, alive on this earth. Those of us who know Christ, those of us who know the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal savior, what does Christmas mean to us? It should be all about the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we talk about gifts at Christmas. I like gifts at Christmas. But the ultimate gift is the Lord Jesus Christ, isn't it? All other gifts kind of pale in comparison to the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there was a time my wife and I and our family, we lived up north. Now, some of you are Southerners, born and bred, and I understand that. But <clears throat> just between me and you, we spent some interesting days on Christmas <clears throat> uh, up north because we couldn't get to where we wanted to get to. Or we weren't being real bright, translate that to be, I wasn't being real bright, and I tried to get to where we couldn't get to because of some storm or something. Said all that to say, we spent some Christmas vacations, a couple days or a day in a hotel in the middle of nowhere, because we couldn't get to where we were. Now, I understand you've got your own weather issues, but you've never been through a snowstorm, so I'm just sharing the blessings off the top for you, you know? But I remember, I remember a story one time we were uh, in Bible college, which Michael is a long time ago when I was in Bible college, a long time ago. Michael would bring that up to me every once in a while, but it was a long time ago. And a guy got it, when we got back at school in January, a guy got up to give a testimony and uh, I've never forgot this testimony. He told about how he was in the dorm all by himself over Christmas because he didn't have a home to come back to. And I thought, man, that's, that's rough. That's hard. And he worked Christmas Eve. And then they said, is there anybody that can work Christmas Day? Well, he didn't have anything else going, so he, he worked Christmas Day. And he came back to the dorm. Now, once again, this is a long time ago. And he had like a, a can of pop from the vending machine and something to eat. And he said, I didn't have any gifts. Nobody had given me any gifts. And I was feeling sorry for the guy. I mean, it was, it's, it's a terrible story. And he said this, and I've never forgotten it. I've thought about it many times over the years. He said, but that night in the dormitory, forgive me, whoever the English teachers are around here, but, and he said this, me and Jesus had a good time. That's pretty good stuff, isn't it? Because sometimes you're going to have to say, me and Jesus are having a good time. Because you're going to have to say, boy, that life can be difficult, can be challenging. Right. Here in this passage, I want to show you this morning four lessons 
from the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our great example at Christmas time at all times. He wants to teach us certain things that apply to what our life should be like today. Jesus came to, so that people can be saved, but not only be saved, but to live their life for the Lord Jesus Christ. I fear sometimes people take Jesus at salvation. That's all the farther they go. That's it. They, they don't grow. They don't get any deeper. They don't get any stronger. But God wants to take us deeper if we'll go with him. Now, it's going to be an interesting journey. It's going to be a journey with some, with, uh, some difficult uh, bumps on the road. But Jesus will be with us there all the way. So if you were there in your Bible with me in John chapter 1, I want you to see the four lessons this morning of Jesus, our great example at this Christmas time. First of all, in verse 9, he wants us to be the light of the world. Notice what it says in verse 9. It says, that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. There's a lot in that verse, but I just want you to say that Jesus is the light of the world. And those of us who know Christ as, your, as our Savior, we're supposed to be the light of the world. We are supposed to light the world and tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. Here in America, we're not really ever accustomed to darkness. You know that? Like if you live in a city, there's street lights, there's all kinds of things. In fact, if we ever get to darkness, we don't like it, do we? I was in South Africa. A friend of mine was a missionary there. I was in South Africa. They had their Sunday evening service like about four o'clock in the afternoon. It got dark after that. And we went on visitation after that. And it was dark, my friend. It was like a little village. I would guess maybe a thousand, fifteen hundred people there. And uh, there was like no lights in the houses. They were really proud of themselves because they just got 20 watt bulbs. And they would have per house one 20 watt bulb. And you were they were ecstatic with that. Now, my friend, he was a missionary. He, we were going to go visit some people and, and uh, he took off walking fast. What he wanted me to do is he wanted me to fall and hurt myself is what he's trying to do. You know, I told you he was my friend, different kind of friend, you understand. But I tell you what, it's just a, it's such a stark contrast when you go to a place where it's dark. Now, sometimes, of course, we have power outages and different things, but we even have ways around that, do we? Don't we in America? But I tell you what, today in America, we live in a dark world. And this dark world needs the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what he need, this world needs is the light of Christians living for the Lord Jesus Christ, making a difference in this dark world. You can curse the darkness, and we do a lot of that, or we can light a candle. We can make a difference. We can make a difference where we are, in your block, in your neighborhood, in your area, in your town, in your city. You can make a difference. Jesus was the light of the world, and he wants to use us, those of us who know the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, he wants to use us to be a light today. Sometimes, I know this is probably a condition of those of us who are getting a little bit older. I know all of us are, but some are already farther down the road. But 
Sometimes we talk about the darkness all the time. Because this world has changed, hasn't it? It has changed. It is changing. Sometimes to me, it seems it's changing these days at such a rapid pace. But to be real honest, biblically speaking, the world has always been a dark place. And in the midst of that darkness, we need someone with the light. Amen. We need somebody to stand up. We need somebody to make a difference. We need somebody to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The light of the world. There's a missions picture that I've just seen uh, just recently of a missionary that went to Africa about 100 years ago. And I think about how hard it is to get there 100 years ago and what went into that. Anyway, he's standing in what I would call a very muddy river, the missionary, getting ready to baptize five African converts. When I see that picture, my heart is just overcome with emotion when you think of how hard it is to get to Africa, how hard it is to get them to listen to you, to get able them to understand what you're saying, your language, then to get them to understand the gospel. You understand this doesn't happen overnight. It takes, it takes months, maybe years. And then that missionary only lived after that picture was taken about three or four more years and was buried right there in Africa. Hundred years later, our time period, they had a service memorializing that man who founded a mission organization and they had it and some people were there in person, but you know how things work these days. It was live streamed and there was thousands of people on the live stream. All because one man said, I want to be a light. I want to be a light to the Lord Jesus Christ. Truth of it is, in America today, there's a lot of places where it's really dark. We need people that'll go and to preach the gospel. I read a statistic one time. I think this is probably a legitimate statement. I've been there once, but I wouldn't act like I'm an expert on it. But they say you could start a hundred Baptist churches in New York City tomorrow and not be even touching what needs to go on up there. You understand all kinds of issues of getting there, living there, surviving there, being able to have enough money to live. You understand? We've got seven graduates of Ambassador who have started churches, uh, I think eight now, and uh, they're up there in that New York City area, and we've got others kind of in the pipeline. They like to go up there anyway, but uh, there's a lot that goes into it, reaching people and taking the gospel. To be a light in the darkness. That's a good lesson for us, isn't it, this Christmas time? Second lesson, do you see it with me? In verse, less, uh, verse 11, first of all, we've got to be a light in this dark world. But second of all, in verse 11, let's read verse 10 as well. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. First of all, be a light for the Lord Jesus Christ, but second of all, be willing to suffer rejection for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's something we're not really good at. In fact, to be real honest, most, uh, nobody is good at it. In fact, most of us run away from it at all costs. But he says he came with the message of salvation and his own, his own people received him not. 
They didn't accept what he had to say. We have to be willing to suffer that rejection. We have to be willing, uh, you know, the Bible says the, the Apostle Paul was a fool for the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, the world thought him a fool. The world called him a fool. The world ridiculed him and mocked him. We have to be willing to suffer rejection. We have to be willing to be exactly what God wants us to be. The, day are, the days are coming. One day we'll be in heaven. One day soon we'll be in heaven. We'll be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, that's when we get to wear the crown. But we're not wearing the crown today. We have to bear the cross today. We're not there in heaven yet. We're still down here serving the Lord. In the midst of that, we have to be willing in the midst of serving the Lord Jesus Christ to suffer rejection. To suffer what the Lord Jesus Christ went through. Sometimes it gets, uh, it gets wearisome being rejected. It gets wearisome uh, telling the gospel to people. It gets wearisome inviting people to church. It can get to be a, a challenging activity where it's kind of like nothing's happening. Nothing's going on. But we have to bear the cross. We have to bear up under it. Uh, that great passage, Hebrews 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God the Father. Let's never forget that we have to be willing uh, to suffer like others have suffered. D.L. Moody, ministry in Chicago, um, <clears throat> Moody Bible Institute, and uh, Moody Church and stuff. But when Moody was alive and in Chicago, they called him Crazy Moody because he was going everywhere he wanted. He'd pick up 1,000 to 1,500 uh, kids and have Sunday school on Sunday afternoon. They didn't build any statues to Moody when he was alive. It was long after he was dead that they memorialized him. When he was alive, they called him Crazy Moody because they thought he was crazy. But he was out just preaching the gospel. That's all he was doing. He didn't worry about what he was saying about him. He was willing to suffer rejections. Missionaries all around the world. Real life persecution. Unbelievable persecution. Things that missionaries have to go through today. Some places where they go. Hard for us to comprehend in our safe and sanitary America. But here's what Jesus said. He came unto his own. And his own received him not. Rejection, it's got to be one of the hardest things to accept. That others, when we have a message of salvation, we have the message of God's goodness to us, that people would reject that message and reject us as well. That's hard to accept. That's hard to take. Then turn with me to the third lesson in verse 14 here in John chapter 1, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ at this Christmas time. It's an interesting statement about the Lord Jesus Christ here in verse 14, if you follow with me. And the word, that, for that word then is referring to Jesus in this entire passage. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. It's talking about the fact that he was equal with the Father. But notice this statement now at the end of verse 14, John chapter 1. It says, Jesus was full of grace and truth. That's almost an impossible combination. You know that? Some people are all full of grace and they have no truth in them. You know that? 
That'd be a certain kind of uh, religious group. Sometimes fundamentalists, our group, your crowd, my crowd, they say of us, we're full of truth and no grace. It's an interesting combination. And it's fine, kind of an interesting statement about the Lord Jesus Christ that he's described as at the same time full of grace and truth. For example, he took the woman took an, taken in adultery and he said to her, after this whole story is done, we won't recap the whole story, but he said to her, go and sin no more. Neither do I condemn thee. Well, a lot of people, when they read that story, they leave that statement out. Go and sin no more. They take the statement, neither do I condemn thee. But if you take the whole statement together, is Jesus full of grace and truth? Sometimes people get so full of grace, and it's a great Bible truth, it's a great Bible teaching, it's a great Bible statement, but they're so full of grace that they want to leave aside truth, the truth of God's Word. That's a dangerous position. On the other hand, some people get so fired up about truth, it's like they're almost against grace. But Jesus, our example, He's full of grace and truth. That's what we should be like. Now, we can say it, people say it all the time. Well, I'm just human. I can't be. I, we all are. But uh, we do have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. I'm not sure that's the greatest excuse to say we're human. We've been saved. Some of us have been saved uh, uh, quite a few decades. Uh, we've been through the Bible a bunch of times. We should be full of grace and truth. I think sometimes what we want is we want grace for us. And we want truth for them. We want grace. We want God's goodness. We want God's mercy. And for everybody else, we want truth. But the truth of it is, both of them are applied to every single one of us. So here it says this. Our third lesson this morning is we as Christians, this Christmas season, we should be full of grace. God's grace. Grace, the simple definition, the old time definition is grace is God giving us something we don't deserve. That's the whole definition of a gift, isn't it? The gift of salvation. We're all about gifts. We all like gifts. But here the gift of grace, the gift of salvation. Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Grace. God has graciously provided for us salvation, a way to heaven. God has graciously brought the plan of salvation to us. I never get tired of hearing how God has brought the plan of salvation to somebody's life, to somebody's family, to somebody's circumstance. It's amazing what God can do, isn't it? How God has brought people to salvation. It's an amazing story, isn't it? Some of us, many of us probably, grew up in a Christian home. Heard the gospel over and over again. And then one time, I got saved when I was eight years old. I was sitting in a Sunday night service. And just like at that time, I'm sure I'd heard it hundreds of times, maybe a thousand times. And all of a sudden, one time in a Sunday night service, it just all of a sudden made sense to me, the plan of salvation. I still believe children can get saved. I still believe that they can hear the gospel 
they may hear it a hundred times, 500 times, a thousand times, 2,500 times, but they can still hear it as a child and receive it. The grace of God. Well, there's a friend of ours we went to Bible college with and he's a missionary uh, in Kenya right now, serving the Lord, doing a great job. And he was, uh, uh, when you get to a certain age like mine, I've not only, when I tell a story, I've got to explain the story. You understand what I'm saying? So this guy was a salesman, like a, a salesman back when that was like a legitimate job. And he traveled and he would stop every time on the road at a payphone. You see how long it takes me to tell my stories? You know, it's just like it's terrible. You know, like, what's a payphone? You know, why didn't he just call on his cell phone? Well, back up. You know, there was a time that was a thing. <laughs> so he'd stop in, call into the office, see what he had. You know, this is what he's doing. He's around Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Anyway, <clears throat> there's a guy that started a church just outside of Milwaukee. And one of the guys in that church was working in Milwaukee. And every day his ministry was he'd stop on the way into Milwaukee at every payphone and he'd leave the, a track, God's simple plan of salvation in every payphone. On the way home, he'd stop at every payphone and do the same thing. Next day he'd check to see if it was still there or gone or whatever. So my friend who was a salesman, he picks up this little track, didn't think anything about it, puts it in his pocket, didn't even look at it. Goes about his day, gets all done. He looks at the tract and he sees the name of a church. He didn't even read the tract. And he says, you know what? I think I'll go to that church on Sunday. Now, you and I are thinking, yeah, they never show up, though. But this guy did. He showed up and he sat through Sunday school. If you remember those old God's simple plan of salvation, they had like the times of the services right on the front. You know, sat through Sunday school, sat to the morning service. Walked the aisle and got saved. Amen. Said after Sunday morning service, pastor talked to him, said, what are you doing now? Pastor said, you come back Sunday night. Oh, okay. He came back Sunday night. Said, what do we do now? He said, well, you come back Wednesday night. He said, well, Wednesday I got like, a, I got like this golf league I'm in. And uh, he said, I work. And he said, I get to the golf league. And so the pastor said, well, we'll have church at seven. You know? So he went to this golf league. He was actually, his goal was this salesman. He really wanted to be on the PGA golf tour one day. And he was really good at that time. I don't know if he was that good, but he was really good. And so he was like in not one golf league. He was in four at the same time. And so he went to the golf league. He got done as fast as he could. He raced to church to get there. Obviously, this is an unusual guy. And he walked in like 10, 15 minutes late. And he felt so bad, he quit all of his golf leagues that night. Third, Wednesday night after church, he said to the pastor, what are you doing now? Because there's nothing else on the schedule. He said, well, tomorrow night you come tomorrow night. Pastor didn't tell me it was visitation. <laughs> and so they went to a home and, and they were witnessing to somebody. And he said, hey, Rick here just got saved. Rick's going to tell you what happened to him. And Rick said, I don't even know what happened to me. You know, he said. <laughs> All because one guy just laid a tract in a, in a payphone. Amen. And people can say that doesn't work and... Well, it's just hard to track the statistics on that, you know. But, you know, people do get saved through that. And God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is full of grace. And as we look at this world, this messed up world, you know what they need? They need the Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, sin is rampant. 
things that people do, things that people say, the way they operate. It's a simple answer, and I know you can just say, well, that's such a simplistic answer, but it is the answer, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's full of grace. Grace. A person can get saved and trust the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. What a great lesson. The third lesson for me and you is we need to have grace. We need to live in such a way that we don't allow this world and its sin and its difficulties and all things going on to drive the grace out of our life. Sometimes I'm afraid the longer a person is saved, the less grace they have toward others. They've been through, they've heard testimonies, they've seen this, they've seen that, I understand it all. You know, they've seen people, people have disappointed them, different situations, and if we're not careful, the longer we're saved, we are so not full of grace. We don't have any grace left. It's been all used up. I don't think that's exactly how the Lord wants us to live and how the Lord wants us to serve. Here's the fourth lesson, though, full of truth. God's truth. It's a great statement. It's a great description of the Lord Jesus Christ. An almost an impossible description of human beings like you and I, full of grace and truth. But we need to know the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There are some things, some truths, some statements made in Scripture that are so foundational, so fundamental that we cannot disagree with them. We cannot back away from them. They are the truth. And we need to be anchored to them. Jesus, our great example. What a great example he gives to us this Christmas season as we gather together. Let's never forget, Jesus really is the reason for the season. Amen. Jesus really is. One time we were in Michigan. My wife grew up in Michigan. Great state, wonderful state. And we were leaving from Michigan to go back to Wisconsin. Now, this was a mistake of the driver, which was me. And uh, <clears throat> we left Michigan in a snowstorm. Well, it was not a snowstorm when we left, in my defense, but it became a snowstorm. And uh, this is a long time ago. This is like before we had uh, something called a credit card. We didn't have anything like that. We had, a, we had a checkbook that didn't have a lot of money in it, though. And we stopped in the middle of a snowstorm and we got a room in a red roof inn. And I mean, there was, the snow was blowing. There was, there was uh, snow drifts and all kinds of things. And I think that was either Christmas, I think, oh, it was Christmas, the next day was Christmas. I was starting to get back to preach on Sunday. One of the many foolish things I've done to try to get to a place to preach, I was getting to get to my own church, you know, we'd taken a couple days off. And uh, we, had a, we had a Christmas time just there in the hotel room, that was it. You know, by the next day, about in the afternoon, it had cleared a little bit. And uh, so we were able to, somebody came and got us. We went back to my wife's home place and we were safe. But there was a couple of hours there. We, we weren't real bright. That was me not being real bright. But sometimes in life, you got to just say, you know what? Me and Jesus had a pretty good time. Because Jesus really is the reason for the season. And whatever we're going through, whatever the circumstances of life are, Jesus says here in this passage, in John chapter 1 and verse 12, 
But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. If you're not saved, today's the day to get saved. And if you are saved, today's the day to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you today for Christmas. Thank you, Lord, for this day, opportunity to be in church in your house. And thank you for this church. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us from your word and challenge us exactly for what you have for us to do. Lord, we thank you for the great Christmas story of the Lord Jesus Christ who came to this earth. Help us never to forget that. Help us never to uh, lose sight of that. Lord, help us to draw from this passage in John chapter 1 lessons for each one of us in our personal lives, Lord, that we be faithful, be obedient to you, be exactly what you want us to be, dear Lord. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.